Hello and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Mitchley. I am Sarah Madrid. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. At a weird angle, I can't reach my coffee. Okay. You do have rather short arms. I never noticed that until just that exact moment. <laughs> That's why Scott says I have alligator arms. You've never heard him say that? No. Yeah. And I literally <laughs> just saw it in, and it looks like a little alligator trying to reach their coffee. <laughs> T-Rex arms. T-Rex can't take selfies. Um, I'm short. This isn't like a new I guess concept. I never noticed the arm link. Like I was trying not, I'm trying to stay in front of the microphone and not, if I had moved, it maybe wouldn't have looked like I had alligator or T-Rex arms. I don't know. I just wanted to Let me drink my coffee and beans. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. All righty, y'all. Our guest today is Tiffany Wynn. Tiffany, can you please introduce yourself? To- Hi, yes. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am a mom, wife, and I am a network marketing coach. So I work with women in the network marketing space, social selling to help them navigate, grow their businesses through systems, strategy, and soul work. And it is my favorite thing to do ever. I absolutely love That's it. my new favorite phrase. What? System, strategy, and soul work. Ooh. Oh, yes. That's like powerful. That. Well, I'm just trying to get the show right? title. Like, there oh. it is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I try to help you out, Joe. Yeah, show title right there. <laughs> System strategy and soul work with Tiffany Wynn. So a lot of people yeah. don't know what social selling is. So can you give them a quick little tutorial? Yeah, for sure. I would say that social selling is the all-encompassing industry involving selling products or services on social media. Mm-hmm. So when you see people on social media who have a business that they are marketing on there, that is social selling. So it's essentially using social media to sell whatever your offer is. And so you coach people on how to do social selling. I want to have a clarifying question. So like social selling, like people advertise on social media. There's a difference between advertising on social media and social selling. For sure. Because social selling is where you build the connection to then sell your shit. Yeah. Those people that are sliding into your DMs and being like, hey, girl. Well, the bad ones, the bad, like clarify, the bad ones who are doing it wrong are the ones that slide in and are like, hey, you got a quick time for a call. I want to sell you this yeah right or the hey girl i haven't seen you in 20 years how you doing yes no so awful or like (laughs) are you open are you open to hearing about opportunities that can help you support your family and cringe yes so then i are you coaching the business owners on how to do it themselves or are you coaching social sellers so that business owners can hire them I am trying to be the person that gets those people who are sliding in random strangers DMs or their high school friend that they haven't talked to in 10, 15 years. Like I am the person that is teaching them. That is not what we do. (laughs) That is not the right way to do it on social media. So when I say systems, strategy and soul work, I am helping them figure out the proper systems to put in place for their business so that they can run better, the strategy behind it. So that they see that you don't have to do things that way, that you can 
through your content, make connections with people so that they're coming to you if they're interested. And it's not something where you're chasing down people or you're having to slide in random strangers DM. That is completely not the right way to do it. And I think that has that's really what has given the social selling industry such a bad name and such a bad Mm -hmm. name is people who are who've been doing it that way. And I'm seeing a lot of shifts lately with people realizing like, hey, that's really not the right way to do it. That's really doesn't even work, to be honest, because, you know, you get left, you get blocked, you get left on red. Like people are not it's 2022. People want to build relationships with people. People want to buy from people that they feel like they have a connection with, not just someone who is like throwing stuff at them. And so my goal is to help people learn how to create content in a way that shows people what their product or service is in a way that it, it will make it so natural for the other person to either be like, yes, I absolutely need that thing. I'm going to go get it. Or for them to be like, no, that's not my thing. And I'm and the sole work behind what I do is helping them to see that it's okay if someone doesn't want your thing. Like it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out who you are trying to speak to and then create content on social media in a way that that person, when they see it, it's an easy yes or no for them when it comes to your product. Yeah, or not right now. And I think that one of, so there's three things that popped up for me. Number one is absolutely, it's no longer 2013. Facebook is not the new thing, right? Like it's not, Instagram is not the new thing. Like there are, there there is that strategy behind and what you're doing is turning people who are not salespeople and not in a traditional business model and teaching them the mindset of what to do as an entrepreneur to create content for their yeah. if they were doing if they weren't selling relationship building yeah if they weren't selling whatever product or from the direct sales world and they were doing something that would be like coaching or content marketing or photos, just to say that's what Sarah and I do. And like we we create content the same way, right? Because the platforms are rewarding engagement. They're rewarding those connections. They're rewarding that community building. Exactly. So the more that people are interacting with your stuff, the more that they're going to see your stuff and the more you're going to be rewarded for interacting back with them. And I love what you said that you said it's getting people that are seeing it to be a hell yes or no Mm -hmm. or not right now. Yes, because that's the thing is you don't want everybody like skincare people, uh, anybody with skin. No, no, because they might be that annoying ass client that every time your phone rings, you're like, oh, God, you don't want them. You want to or the one that are only looking for the discounts or the ones that are only buying when they're for freebies. Yes, you want to repel those people with your marketing so that you've got these dream clients that when your phone rings, you're like excited and you're like, yeah, yeah, five thousand percent. That's exactly what I talk about, and I talk a lot about branding and finding like your lane in this industry because everybody and their mom is selling something on social media these days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so if you want to stand out and if you really want to attract people to you, you have to have a brand that speaks to a certain person, that a certain person is going to come to you and be like, yes, I want to buy this thing from her versus the other 500 people who are also selling the same thing or something similar because I feel connected to this specific person. Mm -hmm. So the way that I teach people, I'm like, it's not even about your product or service that you're selling, to be honest. It's about you and getting people to feel connected to you. Because 
No one is getting on social media and like with their credit card in their hand. Oh, let me see what I'm going to buy today. Like oh, people, I mean, on social media to be mm-hmm. social. You know, it is. It's. I wouldn't that, go that far. You know? I have yeah. all yeah. Like yeah. there are some yeah. days that I'm like, she's wearing the makeup yeah. right now. <laughs> like I'm, I literally, I'm like, yes, I, I have the shoes. My badass shoes. And you were like, yes. And, but I had to oh, see it ass. like months. Yeah. It took months for them to convert exactly. me. And it wasn't so I was and because I I was running out and I was like, I'm going to need new foundation. And so I was like, I I get a 14 day trial. I'm going to try it. And then I also added on skincare. And then I also added on, you know what I mean? Like, you and are I, their ideal client. Totally. I add on, are, click, click, add on, click, click. Yep. And, but <laughs> the thing is that I waited until the, I had a need and then I jumped. It wasn't, I, it wasn't an impulse buy that I was just right. doing something cluttering that I wasn't going to use. I waited until I had the need. And that's the key to social selling. It's showing how the product can improve your life, how it can solve that yeah. problem. How and it wasn't a connection to any. And I know that all the beauty influencers are sitting in front of their ring lights and in their perfect. And for me, I used to be a makeup artist. So that stuff, like I see through it. So it has to hold up for me. Well, and I think what Tiffany said is so on point. It's and what you you just elaborated on. It's the how. There is a million coaches in the world, and but the, what makes you unique is the how that you're doing yep. it. And that how yeah. is who you are. Mm-hmm. It is the method and that you have created. It is how the system that you're walking people through. And I think so often we discredit that and we think, yeah. oh, there's a thousand other coaches. What? Why am I? How can I well, get somebody the, to like me? Yeah. There's nothing, quote unquote, special about me. You are special because you're how you deliver it. Yeah. Just like how I say something is going to attract people. Versus how I say something might repel other people. And that's where we start talking about busting through imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and like the feeling of not enoughness. And who am I to be doing this? And who am I to have somebody listen to me? I'm just walking into this. And network marketing is hard, right? Because you're sold this Mm -hmm. idea like you're buying or not you're sold. You're buying into the idea that it could be something powerful and great and huge and big. And and you want to have that lifestyle, right? But at the same time, like the reality is... That you have to open the box, you have to experience the products, even if you don't believe it in yourself at first, you have to at least try. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's cut. yes, you have yeah. to show up and you have to try and you have to do the things and you have to be committed to it. And you can't just do it for two weeks and say, "Oh, it didn't work." I this isn't. I'm not a gajillionaire overnight. It's like any yeah. So then, yeah. Tiffany, how do you I've teach them how to show up? Seven, seven years. Yeah. yeah. Seven, so then, how are you teaching the people how? So. Really, for me, it's all about getting them to see, like you were just talking about, getting them to get over that imposter syndrome, helping them to build the confidence in themselves, helping them to find what their magic is. Because really, that's what it comes down to is like helping them to see that you don't have to be everyone else on social media, which is, I feel like, such a hard part of network marketing is you're so closely connected with other people who are selling the exact same yes thing. yep yeah and so you see the person on your team or you see the leader in the company and she's doing it this way and you're like oh my gosh i'll never be able to be like her or she's so this or she's so that and so then you start to doubt and question yourself and if you'll ever be able to have the success because you're not like that person when Really, it's not even about what they're doing. It's about how can you make what you are and who you are shine. But like, mm-hmm. how can you show up on social media 
and be so magnetic to the person who's going to connect to you specifically. And that's what it's all about. It's not about trying to be like anyone else, which I'm like, I always say that I'm like the anti-MLM person that does MLM. (laughs) So much of the stuff that I see in this business and in this industry, I'm like, no, stop. Like it's all, there's so many parts of it that I'm like, no, I can see why people would say that it's a cult because you get into the business and they teach you to mimic them. They teach Mm -hmm. you to do what they're doing. They teach you to duplicate. They're just do what I'm doing. Follow what, like post like I'm posting, do these things. And I'm like, well, but yes. And post like they're posting and make it personal to you. Taking somebody's process or system and putting you in the process yes. or system. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's yeah. to duplicate the system, yep. not the not the content. Not yeah. The that's what, yeah. Yes. And I think I yeah. think it's really important to recognize because network marketers get a lot of hate. And we know that MLMs get a lot of hate. And we're aware of that. We're not anti MLM by any means here. We're anti bad MLM. And and so I think it's really important to recognize though that it's because of the bad apples that the rest of the social selling space has caught up because they they were the first ones that were like selling that's where the the rules came well you can't sell your stuff on your personal stuff on your personal page on instagram or facebook we're going to create business accounts we're going to create creator accounts as they they set the stage for people were complaining about this and they made the change and then and yes and there are people like tiffany who are saying this is not okay. And this doesn't feel, this is not an alignment with who I am as a person. And I'm not going to sell this way. And I'm going to teach other people how not to sell that way either. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Because I did it that way for a long time and it never felt good. I didn't have any results from it. It was like, it felt icky. It felt mm-hmm. weird. And I'm just like, there has to be a better way to do this. There's This cannot be how people are having success. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, went against the grain. And I started doing things differently. And I actually started to see results from it. And if this is working for me, then I know there are so many other people who feel exactly like I do right now in this industry and feeling like this is not what they want, you know, out of this business. And so I started to share things and people were like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's how I feel too. And I was like, okay, there is like a space for this. People actually want this. And I think more than anything, it's not that people are intentionally doing it in like an icky, weird way. It's they're being taught. That's what they have learned to do. And so it's just a matter of teaching them that it doesn't have to be that way, that there's another way to do it. And if they learn the other way, then they can start to show up differently. Yep, yep. And it's funny, what you said reminded me of a conversation Jenny and I had last week where you're like, you're on, when you're on these social media sites, you're surrounded by so many people doing what you do, selling what you sell. It's an echo chamber. Perfect. It's an echo chamber. And which is how the propaganda machines work. And it was like, what, last week or the week before, one of my uh, one-on-one coaching clients was telling me about how he recently met another coach. And how that coach told him, oh, yeah, I made I've been in business for a year and I made six or seven figures. I have a seven figure coaching business and spent seventy thousand dollars on marketing and did that. And it I felt it trigger my like I've been in business for my first business, 15 years coaching business, four years. And I was like, she made seven figures in her first year. And it's what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? 
Yeah. And she has then, richer friends than you. Right. Well, I reeled like, me off yeah. the ledge and she's like, come back. I'm like, I feel like I was helpful. What did I say? I was right. Like, she was like, <laughs> she was like, first of all, she had $70,000 that she spent on marketing exactly. alone. <laughs> so she was like, and she goes, and Sarah, when would you ever meet someone for the first time and tell them that you have a seven figure business in a year? She's that shit would never, yeah. even if you did, that shit right. would never come out of your mouth yeah. because exactly. it creates that I am better than you. I am the yes. all-knowing oracle. Yes. And it creates yep. that divide and that triggers people. And she's like, and that is not who you are, yep. your methods. And I was like, right. oh, you're yeah. Right. I, I said, this, is, this is what I said. I said, I hear you and I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> I validate your feelings because feelings are neither good nor bad. They just are. And I have a question. But my question was, is it replicable? Is it sustainable? Mm -hmm. How much information do you have before you make those judgments? Yeah. You know, what, you know, just because you see and you hear the stories and I know some, we've had them on the show. Yeah. Um, actually, I think, isn't Jessica's rerunning today? Jessica Betancourt from Rodan and Fields. She, her, we're doing flashback Fridays on our Friday and she's like super duper high up in the Rodan and Fields line. That's just how she did it. She just would talk to people and, it, but that's mm -hmm. not replicable for everyone because everyone, the introvert selling. It's going to be Correct. exactly very Correct. different. Yeah. There's so many. Oh, it's April 22nd. About okay. social media is you don't get to see the background of what everyone else. You don't know what their whole life looks like. Like maybe they have a, an assistant or maybe they have a housekeeper. So they're not like doing those things or they have like help to do extra things and they mm -hmm. have more time or they maybe have experience. Like I was a teacher before I got started in it. So I feel like that has given me, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of experience with working with people and creating education for yep. the, my my coaching business because I have that experience in that area. And so there's just so many different life experiences that people can apply to those different things. And you don't know those things from a social media post. You don't know those things when you see someone like holding like the balloons that say they just made a million dollars. You're like, oh man, like I, I suck. Like I'm not making that much. How? How? But you don't know like what that person's background is. You don't know what their experience is. And so I think that's one of the hard parts about social media and having to get out of that comparison trap that I know that for me made a huge deal was just realizing that like my experience is not their experience. And so comparing it is irrelevant because there really is no comparison. Mm -hmm. Right. No, and that's 110%. I think so often we have to talk ourselves out of those shame spirals of that that come from the comparison game, mm -hmm. right? Like, and it's fine to to have the platitudes of, well, you can't compare your start to somebody else's middle and you can't, but the reality is from an empathy standpoint, you want to just say, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Like, it's hard to see those yeah. things. And yeah. it doesn't mean that you're any less than because you're not there. Like, exactly. your journey is just different. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. and. <laughs> yes, and. Yes, <laughs> and. Hey, hey there. This is Sarah Madras of Sarah Madras Coaching. The mission of Sarah Madras Coaching is to build brave leaders who create courageous cultures. At SMC, our team is committed to equipping leaders, businesses, organizations, and teams with the mindset and courage skills to have really complicated conversations that you need to have but have been avoiding. Ready to work with us at Sarah Madras Coaching? Then you can check out our free Facebook group at Brave Leaders Dare to Lead. 
you can hire us to come in and facilitate trainings and workshops within your organization, or you can do one-on-one coaching and leadership development with me over here at sarahmadras.com. Most business leaders won't get it, but I know you will if you learn to trust your team. Trust is money. I dare you to leave. I'm curious how you went from teaching. What was your journey into this career? Yeah, so I was a teacher for five years and I was getting so burnt out already. Not because of the kids, not because of the teaching. I absolutely loved it. It was because of all the extra stuff that came with being a teacher. And when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I was just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to be able to be a mom and continue to do this, this teaching job because Mm -hmm. I was coming home every day, like completely wiped out. Like I was having anxiety attacks, like every Sunday night before having to go back to work the next day. And I was like, this is not the experience I want to give my child. And so I went to my husband and I was like, I want to quit my job. And I was like, I, I had been in, I'd been in the industry for maybe like a year or two, but I was just tiptoeing around. I wasn't like going all in with my business. It was just like, I'll share it here and share it there to think. So I I didn't have like any like stability or success with it. But I told Mm -hmm. my husband, I think if I actually give this my full attention and like really dive all the way into this, then I think I can make this business work and quit my teaching job. And then I'll be able to stay home with the baby. Mm hmm. And he was like, I don't know about this. And I was like, well, let's just try it. And worst case scenario, I'll go back to work. And here we are. What? She's about to be five. So five years later, I'm still here. And I just I would say in the last two to three years, really actually started to see like monetary success with it. Mm -hmm. So those first like two years of being at home with my daughter, it was all like me in the trenches trying things, figuring out what worked, figuring out what didn't work. There was a lot of tussling with myself. And if I was going to be able to maintain and sustain in this business, then I just kept going. And I think that is one of the things that a lot of people give up too soon. It it reminds Mm -hmm. me of that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that like graphic where it's like the guy is like digging for gold and he is right there. It's like right behind, behind the wall, but he turns around because he was like, man, I've been doing this for so long. And he turns around to walk away. But it was like literally right there. If you would have just kept going for just a little bit longer, he would have hit it. And I right. saw that maybe four years ago. And that like really sunk in for me. And it really stuck. I just feel like if I keep going, like I will get to that place. Like I just don't want to give up too soon. And I think that's yeah. what happens with a lot of people is they quit too soon. They yeah. give up too soon. And if they would just keep going and building on top of their small little wins that don't feel like very much right now, then eventually they're going to have some real actual sustainable success. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it looked like for me. It was seriously just me taking every single little bitty tiny win and compounding it over and over again. And that is what has built this business for me. I know some people get into the business and they're like, instantly like super quick, fast success. That was not my story. It was a lot of like long-term sustainable consistency yep. which built this business for me. Yeah. And what you're you're talking about is perseverance, resiliency, mm-hmm. consistency, commitment, and trust. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I vividly remember my I want to quit too soon moment. When I think back on it now. Okay, so last night, uh, one of the cohorts, they graduated from Dare to Lead. So there's a whole new group of Dare to Lead that's out there. And in the graduation ceremony, we hand out marbles of who's a marble, a trust marble you want to give to. And one of the participants, he was like, we can give it to anybody in the room. And I'm like, yeah, because in my mind, you're doing it with your team that you've been in this nine weeks with. And he came over and he gave it to me. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh, like it, oh, right. It wow. did. But so it's, oh my God, wow. And he was like, you've shown up, you've led us, you've been vulnerable and modeled that for like he gave, and I was like standing there in shock and awe. But it really, like you just saying that made me connect it with, man, if I would have given up at that moment where I was so drained and so exhausted of trying to do two businesses and home with a little one and all the things, then I wouldn't have had all of these. Like I wouldn't have had November or October with the event. I wouldn't have had that moment with him last night where yep. he was like, I'm giving you my trust marble. Like, so never stop. That moment. Correct. It took you showing up to create the ripple effect for the other people. And that has always been something that has been like really big for me too, is that if I would have quit, like my, I ha- now have a team of 4,000 women and a lot of them are having like life-changing success. So many of them are able to quit their jobs. One of them is planning to move to another state to be closer to her kid's father because now she actually can afford to do that. And it's just so many life-changing stories that are happening. And I always think back, like I'm always the one to tell them, look at the ripple effect that you're having. Look at what you're doing for your team. And then it like takes me a minute to reflect and it dawns on me that look at the ripple effect that you're creating. And if you wouldn't have showed up, look at all these people that wouldn't have these opportunities. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we think about it from what we're doing, but also look at what you're doing for other people by persevering and continuing to show up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you have a that's it, I just want to quit moment? Oh. I okay. got no skill now. <laughs> yes, right? Right. I, did, I think that, that, like, that transcends any industry, any job, any market. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. it's there. Some days you're just like, fuck this shit. Yes. I am yeah. done. What I told you about. Yeah. Take me to my hut. Yeah. I want to go move to a yurt yeah. in the middle of nowhere and not talk to anybody. What I love about entrepreneurship, though, is when we have that day, we can literally be like, fuck it, I'm done for the day. And we can go yeah. whatever the hell we want for the day. Exactly. And then tomorrow you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm fine. So that yurt wasn't like, that was, it would have been a poor life choice. Right, right. I'm not going to make that one today. Yes. Maybe I'll do a glamping weekend instead. Yeah. So then what were you have been some of your, some of the biggest hurdles and how did you overcome them? Oh yeah. So much of this business in this industry for me has been doing this out of while being home with my kids and doing this for keeping them in the back of my mind of why I'm doing this. I I grew up with parents that were entrepreneurs. So both my mom and my dad were entrepreneurs. And there are so many moments growing up that still today, like I can vividly remember, like my mom showing up in the middle of the day to eat lunch with me or bringing me my project that I forgot at home and being able to come to school and give it to me. Or them being at like all of my class plays and parties and events and all the things that has always been something that I desired. And so a part of like me wanting to leave teaching was because once I I knew once I had my kids that I would want to be able to have that same flexibility. And I think 
this is definitely a yes and moment because I'm doing this for them, but also it has been really hard to be home with little ones while building this business. And there have been so many moments where I was like, would this just be easier if I did have a regular job and I was able to just drop them off at preschool or daycare or whatever and just go to work and come home and just have that kind of a lifestyle? Because there's, it's been so difficult so many times, like canceling things last minute because my kid is sick or this happened with them and like feeling so much guilt, but then also feeling guilt when I'm like, okay, you got to get out of the room, go to daddy because I have to go do this thing. And then feeling the mom guilt of sending them off and feeling like I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm such a bad mom now because I'm like kicking my kid away. I can go work and make more money. And so it's that I feel like has been like one of my biggest struggles. And I feel like even now still, that is still one of like my biggest struggles in this business is trying to find. And I think just recently it dawned on me that there's really never going to be a moment where it feels balanced. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. So yeah, you said that because we don't yeah. talk about balance. Yeah. We don't talk about balance here. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's just you finding it's your balance. harmony. There it is. works for you. And we do harmony. harmony. Yes. yes. I literally did a podcast episode on that. And I talked about that. It's not balance. It's harmony. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's that's harmony. why. Yeah. Finding. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would. Emerging. Because that's. Yeah. That was yeah. like when Sarah said that to me that I don't remember what we were recording. And she said that I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I'm like, why am I talking about yeah. work-life balance? That's just stupid. <laughs> it's harmony. Because, no, it was like, right. Yes. It's some yes. days the work is going to be more than the life. And some days the life yes. is going to be more yes. than the work. Exactly. And some days you're going to lay in bed and exactly. ignore everybody. And it's all about harmony. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's all about harmony. Yes. And so that has been, like, my biggest struggle, I feel, is trying to find that. And for a long time, I was trying to find this balance and trying to find like how am I going to give to my business while also giving to my family and also doing these things and also making sure I'm taking care of myself (laughs) and that I'm not you know burning myself out because there have been I what was it maybe two years ago I had an extreme burnout phase where I like completely was just so exhausted and could not function I literally went to the doctor and I was like there is something wrong with I, I can't function like my body does not feel right and she was like you're just tired. You just need to slow down. <laughs> you just need to slow your roll. Yeah. So I was like, how do I even do that though? I have to do this and I need to do that. And there's this and there's that and there's the kids and there's my husband and there's all these things. And so that moment really for me was like a curtain, like revealing moment where I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, this isn't what it is. I don't need to be all the things. Like I wouldn't hire a housekeeper. I yep. wouldn't like on a VA. Like all these things to put supports in place so that yes. it wouldn't be so much pressure on me um, having to do and be all the things. Yeah. And that has yep. been just th- that all right there has been the biggest struggle. But it's I feel like it's a constant. It's a constant evolving that you're, yes. that you're always going to be evolving. Because well, your business I, evolved right. and, and I, it has different and more needs or so yeah. different needs. Exactly. Yeah. And different. this is another one of the dark sides of some of the the lifestyle posting from that we see on the on TikTok and Instagram and and Facebook of from the the network marketing, the entrepreneur standpoint of the girl boss and the hustle and the boss babe. Yeah. And the, like, right. no, your um, life is not a hustle. It's not sustainable. It's it's very toxic. Yep. Uh, yes. Yes. Because it, it's showing that if you just work hard enough, then you're going to have this life like I do. And that's not the truth. 
Like right. the people, I know some of the people that work the hardest and they're probably never going to reach that point. Like it's not mm-hmm. about how, I always say that it's not about how hard you work. It's about the potency. So yes, hard work is important and like working hard, but not the amount of hard work you're doing, but like the value of the work that you're doing. The so yes. When yeah. they, so when somebody comes to you and you recognize that, right? Like you recognize that is, it doesn't matter how hard they're going to work. They're not going to reach the upper mm-hmm. levels because there's that factor missing. How do you coach them to, so, or are they coachable to that point? Yeah. So for me, I think that everyone can be successful, but I don't think everyone will be successful. Mm-hmm. So I think there is like, it, it's available to everyone, but not everyone is going to do the things in the right way or have the right systems or have the right this or that. So what I do is I try to find where that missing link is for that person specifically. So is it your lifestyle that is the missing link and you need to, you know, put some systems or things in place there? Or is it your strategy and the way you're doing things? Or is it like something you need to work on internally? That's where that system strategy and soul work comes in. Is it you holding yourself back? And so a lot of what I do is helping them find those missing links and then figure out what it is that we can do to shift that. But I am always very open and very honest with people about where I feel like they are not going about things in a in the right way. And I think a lot of what the industry or just I feel like coaching in general is it's a lot of toxic positivity and a mm-hmm. lot of you can do it and just keep mm-hmm. going. You've got this. And let's go. Let's go, everybody. And I'm not like I'm like, listen, you might have to fix some things and it's going to. It's going to take you like, and it's going to be painful and it might be hard and painful. Mm -hmm. Tell you that you're going to have the success overnight. Yeah. I was listening to somebody recently who was saying like, I don't know, like this toxic positivity thing. It sounds like it's just, and I was like, no, like it's it's a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and if you don't think it's a thing, just go look up Brene Brown toxic positivity. Toxic positivity is a lack of empathy. Yeah. It's where like you can be. Happy, you can be positive, and things can be hard. Yes, because like, but it's about how you. It's about your perspective. It's about what else is going on. There's so many variables that that go into how you're representing yourself and how you're perceiving the moment. Then that toxic positivity is a. It's not something like you don't have to be. Not everything is great all the time. Well, and it's right. super, like, it's robbing people of their emotional experience. It's yeah. robbing yes. people of that surrender. And it's playing into that comparison game. It's playing mm-hmm. into all of that. Everybody well, has this picture's perfect intro- totally. Instagram. And it's not real. And I remember years ago, like, Samantha was probably 15 months. And um, we were, I don't, somebody had commented, they're like, she's always smiling. I've never seen her not smiling. So I took pictures of her when she was having a tantrum. Yes. I was like, you know, yes. this was because <laughs> we wouldn't make eggs. Yep. And she was laying on the floor and rolling around. Yep. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. and they were like, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, yes. I know because she was like the happiest little bait. Like she was ever, she loved going to see other. She still well, does. Because she, just, I was going to say she yes. is joy. She is joy. Yeah. But I do because the video from when you guys were going to the mailbox and she was like, what the hell? There is no mail for me. And like a full on, like she was offended yeah. and appalled. She was offended. It was like deeply. This was a great, this is a great example of like good social media engagement. And if y'all want to copy this, I highly uh, go for it. Find your vibe and go do it. So 
It was during the 2020 things were still locked down. Nicholas was start was uh, starting his year with virtual school, and I ordered him something to come as a, a start of school thing since he wasn't going back to school. Mm-hmm. And she, I went to the mailbox. I saw I got the alert. It came. I went picked it out of the mailbox. Like I was, I think I was at the office that day, and like I came. It was like a Saturday, and she was highly offended that there was no mail for her. And she was, of course, wearing a bathing suit because it was the summer and she lived in bathing suits. I was inside. I heard her crying. I was like, whatever. I'm just not, I can't right now. Just, you're going to, you do you, boo. And 15 minutes later, I realized she was still outside sitting in the same spot crying. And so I was like, ha, this is actually pretty funny. I'm going to go and live, live stream her crying about not getting mail because I thought it was funny. And that, that part of, I'm because it's the reality. It is the reality. Yeah. And I was, and I just thought it was funny. I got, I can't tell you how many messages and comments and and from people, emails, DMs, all the things like send me your address. I'm going to send her mail. And it became an ongoing thing for three months that we would go follow Samantha to the mailbox, that there would be, we'd check the mail every day. We'd do a video. We send, then we turned it into, we send letters back and we, so she got to write her cards and she got to do. And so we were chronicling all that and it just became an opportunity for that connection that people like, and people sent her like gifts, like they were were like, this little girl cannot cry. We're going to make her happy. Do not want any more tears. No. Yeah. There's enough problems in the world right now. (laughs) This girl has to be happy. It was about creating that connection. And here I am like making fun of my child and objectifying them on social media. And (laughs) people responded really well. Oh my gosh. I love that though. I love that because I think people and more now more than ever, people just want real. Like people just mm-hmm. want authenticity. And I know that word almost now is like it doesn't even carry the weight that it should because yes. yeah, but you're like you're that's still not authentic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. Saying the word does not make it real. But that goes back to what we were talking about 20 minutes ago when you're talking about mindset and imposter syndrome and faking it until you like you can be authentic and be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're most authentic when you are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So and it's that fear that getting over that fear of vulnerability, getting over that fear of that less than that. What are that people are judging me? and be, mm-hmm. Like you do have to get to the point where you're just like, I don't give a fuck. It is what it yeah. is. Well, and I, I don't even think it's not, I can't remember where I had this conversation recently, but I don't think it's not giving a fuck because we care. Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. If somebody doesn't like me, I'm like, oh, damn, that sucks because that trips up our, like, we are oh, hardwired yeah, for yeah. our connection and yeah. belonging. As humans, we are hardwired for yeah. connection and belonging. So our reflex is like, ooh, then we go. Oh, if we have the resiliency skills, then there's the like reroute where it yep. goes, oh, man, that sucks. I wish they did, but they don't. And that's OK. Yeah, it doesn't yes. like it doesn't. That's, take and that's what I mean by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's yeah. what I mean when yes. I say it. And even if you just have to tell yourself, like, I am not I'm choosing to not let this impact me. And I'm really like me. I yeah. care deeply and I'm yep. emotionally attached to this. Yeah. When I that right. there was a lot in my I don't give a fuck. There yeah. was a lot there. Right. Yeah. It was just a very general. I know. But sometimes <laughs> people think but then they punish yeah. themselves of I'm not supposed to give a fuck. So then I'm right. mad that this affected me. Oh my God. Me. I had like a seriously yeah, long conversation. Here, right. Correct. Yeah. Right. That's Correct. But it is. Like you Correct. Yeah. Right. Of course you care that someone doesn't like you. Of course yeah. you care that the Correct. person wrote that mean comment on your post. Like, of course you yep. care about them. Right. You, but yeah. are you going to let that stop? Are you Correct. going to that's the, yeah. you back? Or are you going to be like, 
that sucks, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Exactly. And I think that, it, yeah, there's a, 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 a harmony there. I'm like, we're going to get that word balance out of your I mouth. Was, look, I, you, I stopped myself. I was like, I'm not going to say that word. I think it goes back to, and I had a whole conversation with my coach about that because I was like shaming myself for not wanting to celebrate milestones because every entrepreneur class and every business person, you need to set goals and milestones and then celebrate them. And my celebration is like, Yay, okay, now move on. I don't need to. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Then I move yeah. on because in my. It's just what you do. It's just what I do. And I'm like, should I care right. about wanting to. And she's like, do you need to care? Let's unpack this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't need to. I, I don't need to go have a party because I made $10,000. I'm yeah. just like, oh, that's great. And I. <laughs> yeah. And so we had this whole discussion about what does that mean? Where are those. Where is that belief, that misbelief coming from? Is it a limit? And we delved into it and it's just more about owning that you need to do it your way right like yeah. owning I need to do it the Jenny way and the Jenny yeah. way is going to be however way I decide to go and it doesn't have to meet anybody else's standards and I right. don't have to compare myself to anybody else and it just has to be what's the Tiffany way yeah the Tiffany way of celebrating yeah the Tiffany way I feel like because I I honestly don't really set like big, massive goals for myself, I really more so have what I call intention. And I like will set like an intention for every three months. So like this quarter of the year, my intention is to support more people or to like just make more connections or it might be to have, but I, I'm not like, oh, I want to make X amount of money this year or I want right. to hit this thing or do that thing. So for me, what works best is setting intentions versus setting goals. When I set goals, I become obsessive mm -hmm. <laughs> and it becomes something that will take me out. It becomes of toxic. Harmony. Yeah, it becomes toxic. Yeah. And yeah, then... it becomes toxic for me. Mm -hmm. And so I have to just set intention where the end goal is more so not like to hit a certain number or to do a certain thing. It's more so like an ongoing yeah. It's loose guidelines versus a structured plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tiffany, loose guidelines versus a structured plan. That's the, and I'm very, you're, yes, you're Well, and I think, Tiffany, what you're saying is that, <laughs> to me, that's so in alignment with your yeah. sustainability yep. of your, yeah. like, slow yeah. and steady wins the race. This is a, I'm building exactly. something sustainable, not at, at the pace right. that honors my mind, body, yes. soul, and lifestyle. Yes. Yep. Because the burnout phase that I went through was because I was setting these big goals and then I was going after them like tooth and nail and yep. I'm not going to, this is not going to not happen. Like I got to do everything. And when that phase happened, my husband came to me, he was like, you've got to pay attention to the family. Like you've mm -hmm. got to put your bone down. And that hit me in the gut. I was like, ooh, oh, yeah, that hurt. That's that yeah. hurt. Yeah, my that's yeah, my husband had that too. Yeah, I think we I think as entrepreneurs and and I don't want it. This is not just limited to network marketers that are we're all attached to our phones. Like people yeah. like are like, hey, you didn't text me back. And I'm like, I have do not disturb turned on from eight to five. Yeah. It'll yeah. take me days to email you back because my email days are Mondays. <laughs> yeah, same. That's why I have an assistant. <laughs> I have I have an autoresponder. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have an autoresponder in my email that says I check my email twice a day to help cut down on distractions. And because I'm not always at my desk, because I'm at, I'm photographing clients or, at studio, yes. or like I'm doing something and I may not be at my desk to get your email. But if you either wait or somebody from my or if you if it's urgent, 
let us know. It's urgent and nothing is the shit that I do isn't life or death. So right. nobody's yeah. going to die because if, I didn't. If it's urgent, like you should have my phone number because only people. Right. Have... <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Something like that important to me, it's going to be like my kid's school or like my yep. husband, yep. my mom. And you have my phone number in that case. So if it's yeah. like an email, that means it's not urgent enough for me to like need to respond yes. right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, this has been, I'm so excited. This has been such a great conversation. Tiffany, give us some last thoughts and tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome. I just think that for me, it's so important to help other people that are showing up online for their businesses to really just know that it's more so about who you are and just really honing in on what makes you special and what makes you unique. And letting that be what leads you in your business rather than trying to fit in with what everyone else is doing or trying to make yourself become a part of the crowd. That is not what is going to create success for you. It's all about, especially now more than ever, with so many people being online and having all these products and services that they're selling, like what's going to make you successful is standing out. And I think a lot of people have so much fear around that because that means that you're going to be visible and you're going to be seen. And fitting in makes you be able to hide behind people, but standing out is where the success is. So getting outside of what you see everyone else doing, find what your special thing is and letting that shine. So thank you all so much for having me. You can find me on Instagram is where I hang out the most at the Tiffany Wynn. Love Fantastic. it. Thank you so and much. Put all our all the links and, and all the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. This has been awesome. And I think that we're doing a podcast swap from this, too. So we just have to, you have to get back from Italy and then we'll. Yay, I can't we'll wait to continue I, this. Very excited. I know. I talk to you guys forever. We do have to end. There is a I know. limit. <laughs> Dang it. I know. Thank you, Tiffany, Tiffany so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Tiffany. This has been a great conversation. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do, do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. Girls,